Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I had a weird dream. You know when you have those indelible dreams that never go away? Yeah. I had this bizarre dream. Do you remember when you used to draw your eyebrows on at a different position than where yeah. they actually were? <laughs> they're tattooed on now. I finally got them tattooed on. So they're there. But yeah, absolutely. Like I had this like dream. Like half an inch above where they should have been. That you had, like it was a, it was a weird arcane power. <laughs> and it was, it was like to do with, I don't know if you know Gaudi's Sagrada Familia and the, that whole theory of of black magic architecture. No, and I do not. Architecture can somehow channel power. Okay. And so you were channeling <laughs> power through the placement of your eyebrows. <laughs> yep, Adam, Richard and I have known each other for a very long time and we've had our ups and downs, it's certainly fair to say, and, and many people joke that they think we are the same person, that I am just Adam in drag. And uh, I'm not particularly insulted by that. This is a conversation, though. It's one of those funny ones that you have sometimes with someone you think you know really well, and then they just they just startle you. And you think, yeah, maybe I haven't been asking the right questions all these years when we've been getting together. Uh, this time I think I asked a few of the right ones and got a whole new understanding of my old buddy. Please enjoy this conversation with comedian, hilarious man, Adam Richard. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. It's so funny working with Tommy because he he only knows me now. I feel like so many times, oh, you don't know what a bad person I can be. <laughs> I feel like you guys, people I've known for a long time, like we all, we all live through. I don't think a bad person I can be. I just think, you know, there's an asshole inside of me who... Occasionally, I'm happy to take the lid off. Yeah, totally. And I think when you're younger, you do it more often. And oh, I the think, lid's off. Right? Twenty-four-sevens. <laughs> I think we've all seen the shades of each other, yeah. whereas Tommy only sees one shade in me. But does your brain, like, you know, when you think of the good thing to do, do like in your head, like, you know, is it like when you click on the menu item in Apple, <laughs> and all the options above where you click on good are all evil? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a real effort to go, oh, check the I have to choose it. <laughs> I have to choose it. Yeah. He didn't know me when so much of my stand-up when was the, about... When you just click on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> when so much of my stand-up was about being aggressive and being like, you know, like being kind of in control and being school mom-ish and he did one of not my, know one that. One of my favourite lines of all time was your opening line in Smallest Room in the House. I can't remember it. It was... 
I'm going to paraphrase it badly, but it was, uh, I realised I had to lose weight. Oh, right. When, because uh, <laughs> the people think you always said about fat people is, you know, hey, but she's a lovely person. She's, I'm not a lovely yeah, person. Yeah, I just thought I had to lose weight when I realised I don't have a really lovely personality. Yeah, <laughs> Thank it. you. It's so great when it's someone a, reminds you of an old it's joke. A, it's a perfect line. Okay, it's back in. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about doing a season next year, I'm like, oh, God, I've got to write jokes. I've never written my jokes mm. down. I don't have anything written down, but that one's it's back a, in. Thank it's you. It's perfect. It's perfect. Because it is, it is one of those, it's, you know, it plays with our preconceptions that, you know, fat people are lovely. <laughs> They're cuddly. <laughs> They're nice. I love all that. I know. It's like, yeah, no, I'm a I mean, There was a lot of bitching, but we are all young. Like, we had nothing yeah. else to do. Like, you do gigs at night time and you spend all day hating everyone. Well, and as I said to Fiona O'Loughlin, I've realised in my old age the way to deal with my jealousy is to try and be really nice to the people I'm jealous most oh, yeah. of, right? <laughs> so that's why I hang out with her so much. <laughs> I'm so jealous of her. Like, like, okay, I need to do something for you because I'm so jealous. It's the only way I can help myself. But the thing I learned from, the thing I've learned, the the lesson I've learned the most, I think, in the last, how long have I been doing this? Nearly 20 years. Is, yeah, you're going to be jealous of everything everyone is doing. Yeah. But think, like, you have to go, like with that list of all the hideous things before you think of the good thing. Yeah. You have to go through, as soon as you go, oh, God, I wish I had that gig. And then go, do I want that gig? Like, do I want to be working with that person every morning? Do I want to be on that show? Like, think about it. Think it through to the end of it and go, no, that is not my gig. No, I want to be offered every gig, but I don't want to do most of them. No, but then how do you say no? (laughs) No, I know, I know, I know. How do you you say no to jumping off a diving board? (laughs) Getting concussion. (laughs) I love that you did Celebrity Splash. That was so brave. (laughs) For so many reasons. I thought, that's amazing. I would never have the courage to do that. Oh, it was, that was part of my, um, I realised like, you know, my weight has always been an issue. And I think part of it is that voice inside your head that tells you this is temporary like you yes. always say to yourself oh no, no I'm not going to be fat forever no. it's just this week when I lose weight I'll do all that yeah it's fine because I'm going to be thin I've one day so fat for 30 years. you're so right <laughs> you're so right and I had to go in order to lose weight I thought I have to acknowledge that I'm fat I have to admit to myself that I'm fat yeah. And being on television in my bathers. Yeah. Being in front of a camera in my and, and there was one day I forgot to take my bathers with me and I had to borrow bathers that did not fit. Oh god. They nearly ripped about four times. So I'm wearing these tiny, tiny sports and aquatics in a bathers. Oh my god. Like I've got videos on my iPad of me diving in them. It's horrendous. Oh my god. It's hysterical. Oh god. Um, so yeah, just going, no, I'm fat. I am overweight. I'm a like, you can say it as much as you like, but until you acknowledge it, yeah, there's no, there is that constant voice in the back of your head that goes, no, 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 it's just, you know, I've just had a bad couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been 30 years. <laughs> I've been fat it's for not... most of my life. <laughs> yeah. And it's if not you, going away. And if you put things off, you're actually just never going to do the thing. Never things. do it. I, I went was... to an underwear party. That was part of the preamble. 
to doing that show. What do you mean? On air it was or for you it was? No, I just, I talked my snelling into it. Oh my God. Blind. <laughs> I said, come on, let's go to London. He goes, I can't go to London. And I went, I'm fatter than you. Like, I'm fatter and hairier and more horrific. Let's go. So you were trying said, on underwear? It's at the lair. No, no, no. It was like the lair. It was like a. <laughs> I said, it's at the lair. There's going to be way fatter people than us. Oh, so everyone's in underwear. Everyone's in underwear. I thought you meant like ladies in a lounge room eating, oh, like a lounge eating room. Like a, like curried a, eggs and looking at. Like a fucking weird That's party. what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. But I thought you were gay for a moment. No, okay. no so it's everyone goes in their everyone underwear. Everyone goes in their underwear. <laughs> And how was everyone? I patched about seven people. Did you? Like I was in high school. Wonderful. It was so liberating to go, I'm fat. What underwear did you wear? Whatever I had on. Oh, that's amazing. They probably had holes in them. They were terrible. It was, it was like a weird, we'd been to one pub, there was no one there, it was another pub, and I went, they've got underwear party. Oh. We went, it was chocolate, it was a really nice day. It was like Australia Day or around oh, there. okay, so you didn't even plan it and go no. and get new undies. No. I know a lot of people do, but it was like a, it's like a ripping off the band. We're going to do this now. <laughs> we don't do this now. We don't, we won't do it. That's incredibly liberated. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that was, because, you know, I knew I was going to be on the TV in my bathers for six weeks. Jesus. So I did it. It was, yeah. And yeah, and I feel like, like I used to treat my weight like it was a joke, like it was a funny thing. So, you know, like I dance and people go, oh, it's hilarious, the fat man dancing. <laughs> but um, It was hilarious. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lately it's been more kind of just, no, I'm just fat. Like a lot of people are fat. Do you think it's easier when you get older? I do. I think it's like now that I'm a 41-year-old mum at the beach in my togs, it's like, who cares? Yeah. Well, you're spending too long making sure your children don't drown. Yeah. <laughs> And, and everyone else at the beach looks like me as yeah. well. That is the other thing, is like, because like, there's a real difficulty in going, oh, I'm just like everyone else. Yeah. Because like, we all feel we're special yeah. comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just going, oh, we're all fat. That was the other thing that was really empowering about doing that show was because like, I <laughs> gouged them for money <laughs> because they wanted a fat person. Ah. And everyone, had, a lot of people had said no. Yeah. And too then, scared. Yeah. yeah. And then I rocked up to the, um, when they did the photo shoot and the, the opening credits and yeah. the promos. And there was a whole fat person promo. And I was like, <laughs> this thing has been planned for months. Oh my God. And they've had so much trouble finding a boomba that they say yes. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they agreed to all this ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> what, what, what was the campaign around the fat guy? Oh, that I jumped in the pool and all the water went out all oh, over everyone. Of like Shallow Howl. Yeah, right, yeah. of course. Which I love. I love Shallow Howl. Yeah. It's a funny game. I'm not a pe- Yeah, and also and I it. was all on blue screen. It was hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Then, but the best was watching, like they had a water cannon to shoot all the celebrities <laughs> with water. <laughs> and because I didn't have to be in it because I was the one splashing them. So I was just standing there watching them do four or five takes. <laughs> Of having to get dried and, you know, get their hair redone and then... Whoosh. <laughs> it was glorious. How body conscious were the other celebrities? Like, how was little Josh Thomas and... Yeah. Because body consciousness isn't just for fat people. No, no, no. I think he seemed... He was so fixated on being good at diving. <laughs> 
Like, he was really competitive. Really? Freaky, yeah. He was really good at it. Wow. Um, Ding Dong were really, like, they were like girdles with the, the underwater girdles. Yeah, like, I thought if anyone knows is going to know how to work this, it's Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had this, she had some sponsor or something. <laughs> Of course she did, yeah. <laughs> Some bathing company. Yeah. My favourite person, though, was Valerie, who did the costumes. She does the costumes for Dancing with the Stars. She was hysterical. Fabulous. She was so funny. She made me, a, a, like, a three-piece suit. Like a, a dinner suit, like with tuxedo. Wow. Out of bathing suit material. Wow. Which we never got to use, because Ding Dong oh, no. pulled out. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah, she made all these hilarious outfits. She was great. She was so funny. Mm, One time I said... Well, no, Denise is driving me crazy. She goes, it's all right, I'll sew some weights in her costume. She might come back up. <laughs> yeah. But she, like, it was a huge deal for Denise. She'd never been... She hadn't put her head underwater in a swimming pool since she was a teenager. Wow. Like, she's 64. She's so Joan Rivers, though, I think, Denise. Yeah. She's like, you gotta work. You gotta work. <laughs> you know? She, she kept talking, she goes... She goes, I didn't get paid very much. She goes, I'd rather do the work than price myself out of a job. And I'm like, yeah, see, I've got a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was doing radio at the time. I was like, yeah, I didn't need the money. <laughs> I was going to see what they were prepared to pay. <laughs> do that. And oh. as you say, they needed a fatty. What are they, they going to do? Fa- they were desperate for a fatty. <laughs> like, if, if they come to me, that no. means, like, Dave O'Neill had said no. <laughs> that meant... There are a whole lot of people who said no. Magda had said no. There are a whole lot of Boombas who said no before it got to me. There are big name Boombas in this town. Shane Jacobson must have said no. Yeah. Like, there are big name Boombas in this town. Celebrity um, dog training you did? Celebrity dog school, yeah. Celebrity dog school. What happened with celebrity dog school? Did it finish? No. Never finished. <laughs> You did get a dog out of it. I did get a dog out of it. <laughs> Have they approached you about, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? You'd be so great. I, you could be like Jordan. I am concerned <laughs> because it's in Africa. Yeah, wonderful. Ebola. <laughs> I don't think Channel 10 have the budget to indemnify me from Ebola. Or evacuate you. Or evacuate me. Also, like, from what I know about it, like, the British ones are two weeks, didn't Okay. The Australian one's, like, six weeks. Really? It's, like, two weeks at the start and then up to a maximum of six weeks. Oh, my God. That's a long time to be... In the jungle. In the jungle. (laughs) Like, a fortnight on the Gold Coast, fine. That's where they do the British one. Like, six weeks in Africa. You know what the worst thing about doing celebrity shows in this country is that there's... there's, No celebrities? There's no celebrities. And we don't have a culture of celebrity shows like they have in the UK. But also there's that thing where people go... It's There's two types of people on the show, according to social media. Which is, who's that? Yes. And surely this is beneath her. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. There's no in-between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else is meant to be on that show? There are no other celebrities in the country. I know. And at least in England, they'll fly in a Jackson brother, you know, yeah. to kind of make it make sense in some weird world. But or a you, Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Been a celebrity big brother, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Mad as a cut snake. 
Yeah, but here it's just, yeah, you're right. It is weird. That's the other thing I couldn't do celebrity get me out of here. It's like 24-7 filming. Yeah. I need to scratch my ass for about three hours a day. <laughs> Like, when would I do that? Back yourself into a bush somewhere and <laughs> wait till one of the girls gets nude in the pond and scratch away. Yeah, we're going over to whoever this is, Miss Australia is, and going, can you take your top off That's just it. now? Because i got to scratch my ass. I can't and I don't share a toilet with, with all those people and have that, you know? You know, the other thing I thought about it was if I went on that show, it would, I know I'd be, it'd be with people I hate. Yeah. That's would, the idea, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen me when yeah. I hate people. <laughs> I rear up like a cobra. <laughs> yeah, you do. But also, you are kind of like myself, who are much more disciplined now, and I, I think you could really, you know, get through it to make yeah. your life easier. You could, you know. In the, in the past, I kind of, like, I, I agreed to do those shows because nobody knew who I was. Yeah. And I feel like the, after having been on a show, even though I was only on the ABC for, like, you know, 20 episodes, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm now on the other side of, like, I'm, I'm not quite at, it's beneath him, but I feel like it's like, oh, yeah, that's who should be on this show. Oh. <laughs> The third, the dreaded third the category. The dreaded third category. It's like, oh yeah, of course Adam's on this. Uh, Just the kind of thing he would do. Well, <laughs> yeah. Whereas I used to be, who's that? Especially in Sydney. I remember I was like on Celebrity Splash. They said, you know, <laughs> and Adam Richard, who's only famous in Melbourne. <laughs> That's funny because I'm such a snob about Sydney famous people. Oh, she's Sydney famous, you know. Oh, when, she's I nobody. On, when I was on Celebrity Dog School, there was me and Bianca Die. Dizey. I know. Sydney you know famous. you were on my clip for um, Celebrity Dog School. Was I? Yeah, it was us on road going blah, 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 <laughs> talking on one of the panel things. They chose a particularly unfunny bit where none of us said anything but funny. Perfect. Yeah, because it was at 6.30. Of course. All the punchlines on road were filthy. <laughs> Took over from Corinne on Rome. That yes. was the weirdest year. Yeah, it was a weird year. Where you would do the panel and I'd go into Penrith RSL and yeah. set things on fire at Northland. It was a weird year. It was 2006, it was really I think. It's been a long time. It's been a, a long, long time, time we've been around. Because I still think of myself as up and coming. It feels weird. <laughs> like, you know, when you see like Ronnie Cheng and yeah. Rick McGregor selling out 300 seat venues and you're like, well, why is it the, the main hall? One yeah. Night? And I just go, oh, I'm really not the new thing anymore. Nah, we're not even the new generation anymore. No, we're, we're like, like sad old. Last I knew, Charlie Pickering was like a real spring chicken, you know? No. <laughs> it is kind of weird, though. I can think about, I think back to like, you know, elbow grease and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, hanging out with you and Here Will. Here on Nicholson and, Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just down the road. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Will, Corinne, Husey, Merrick. Yeah. Like, they're all like the, you know, they're like the firmament now. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're like the Fleeties and Morgans and Judith yeah. Lucy. Oh, even more. Of I when think we like were kids. Rosso's like the Ernie Sigley of when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, not even the Fleety. But the guy with the, <laughs> the suit. Oh the guy with God. the suit and... 
and the yeah. beautiful wife and the glamorous kind of guy, you and know. The, and the mildly inoffensive drive show. Yes. <laughs> I'll listen to it because sometimes I like to think I'm a, you know, woman in her middle age with yeah. teenage children. I'm Michelle Laurie, and you are right in the middle of the Nitty Gritty Committee. Thank you for downloading. I like live television because of the urgency. Mm-hmm. I love the urgency, and I love the... Like, if you... A lot of things that happen on live TV, if you could fix it, you would. Yeah. And it would be boring. Not as good. I guess. Like a panel show... If, you, if you're recording, like, two hours, like, you know, Spix, we would record, like, nearly 90 minutes for yeah. a 30-minute show. Yeah. And that's a real skill of an editor to make that still feel like an urgent live experience. Yeah. But, you know, it's a... I always felt like I went harder on Spix because I, I knew that if it didn't work... It wasn't going in. Yeah. So I took more risks and took more chances. Yeah, so I take more risks on live TV because I'm like, you can't cut this out. <laughs> There's something about that. Tom Gleason's the same. There's something about people who want to try and get something on TV yeah. that's not supposed to be there. I did my terrible Molly Meldrum joke on that New Year's Eve broadcast <laughs> on the ABC. Just after Giggle and Hoot had been on. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Like it was Giggle and Hoot and I start talking about sarcophagi. <laughs> at Molly's house. This was... Oh, good old Christmas parties at Molly's house. Oh, the sarcophaguses. Was this... Uh, <laughs> Was that the night with Lawrence? That was the, yeah, the, yeah, the infamous yeah. New Year's Eve, which may have led to a change in government policy. Yes. <laughs> well, they're doing it again this year. Are they? Yeah. Is he hosting? I don't know who's hosting. But yeah, it was Josh Eller and I doing, you know, our That's first right. big public appearance. Very yeah. exciting. How was all of that, that experience? Of... It was awesome. Yeah. That was like the best job I've ever had. I'm kind of relieved that it was taken away from me. Yeah. Because I would have sat in that chair until I fell off it dead. So they seemed really happy with it, like, until it went to air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so frustrating. I know. (laughs) I mean, when you finish up and everyone's like, that was awesome. I know. And then the next day you read the numbers and suddenly everyone knows what was wrong with it. You're like, hang on a minute. I thought we loved it. I thought we all thought it was really good. I think what was wrong with the show was that it... You know, it wasn't the people who used to do it. And who were still doing it every day. We're still doing it at 7pm every single... Like, not just Monday to Friday, like every day. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> they um, took it off for one week in January. And, like, no one watched that channel at all. Apart from Peppa Pig. <laughs> oh, my God. They spent all this money on an external marketing company who paid, like, for these makeup artists to come and turn... Josh and Ella and I into the village people and David Bowie and all this stuff. I'm like, no one knows who we are to begin with. How are they going to know who I am painted up like Ziggy Stardust? <laughs> and we had to reenact gifts. This became like an ongoing joke with us in the show. And we'd go, is this a gif? You know a gif or a gif or whatever they're called mm. is essentially someone's taken a video yeah. and broken it down into a short series of images yes. which then loops yes they wanted us to create a short series of images that they could turn yeah. into a loop video it's yeah. like and then create a viral out of it it's oh, like you don't yeah. you, you don't understand viral <laughs> you, you can't make things that will go viral someone some some publicity boffin yeah, yeah, said yeah, yeah, to yeah. Uh, Josh now look because uh, we've been invited to the Logies this year <laughs> okay now we're going to meet ahead beforehand at some hotel in the city and we're just going to have a few drinks there and um, just do some selfies oh, before we go we've got a professional photographer on hand for the selfie <laughs> <laughs> it's like well that's defeating the point of the selfie that's so great that's not a selfie if you've got someone else taking the photo it's not a selfie yeah yeah I've had that conversation before <laughs> Take some selfies. No, you don't take selfies no, of me. We take selfies. We take selfies. Yeah. Like, it's it's an ancient heaving organisation <laughs> that is essentially the public service. Yeah, it attempting is. Attempting to adapt to life in a new millennium. And they're 15 years behind. Oh, no. The only thing they're ahead on is digital delivery. Yeah. But, yeah, the... They still do marketing, like they get you an interview with the TV Week. Does anyone even buy the TV Week? I don't think anyone ever buys TV Week. Like when week. I was a kid, everyone bought the yeah. TV Week. Well, because your TV guide was in there yeah. and your poster was in there. Yeah, it was important. It was really important to everyone. And now it's just what's happening on Home and Away. It's like Home and Away magazine. What even is it? <laughs> so I did it. we did these interviews with TV Week and went, no one's going to, like, no... You know what? I still have people to this day who, A, don't realise that the show even started. Like, <laughs> I saw that you're on the news fix specs. When's that going to be on? I went, done and dusted, mate. It's been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't take the old show off. <laughs> oh, no. <yeah. laughs> like, imagine if they made a new version of Seinfeld but just kept the old ones on every day. <laughs> I'm Michelle Laurie, and you are right in the middle of the Nitty the Gritty, gritty committee. committee. Conversations about the guts and the glory of life. Like, I did that, yeah. I remember for the last four years, so I'm not going to be my last year in Breakfast Radio. Mm, I remember. Like, I quit. I quit once, and then they <laughs> offered me money, so I went back. And then I 
then I was about to quit again and they said, oh, we don't have a job for you anymore because of the GFC, but would you be prepared to, you know, be a casual and work on a segment-by-segment basis? And I was like, well, I was going to try to get that kind of work anyway. Right. So why not do it here with people that I like? Like, I loved, again, I loved Matt and Joe and Troy. Like, they were, that bubble in that studio was the best. Yep. It was awesome. Radio can be difficult for comedians to work in, I think. I think it's like, um, in a lot of ways, it's just a very, very different perspective that they come from. It's a very different world. It's like... It's a different ethic, Very work insular, ethic. yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah, like, because when, when our show started, we had Chris Bennett working on the show, who was a very traditional, very blokey stand-up, really whip-smart, yep. funny guy. But he struggled... Like, he was fine when he was at Triple M, when he was doing, like, one segment a week kind of thing. Yep. But I think he struggled, not with the on-air part of it, but with, A, the need to have content for a three-hour show five days a week. Like, you never think about that when you're doing... No. 15, 20-minute shows around town. Yep. Um, and you might have to come up with five minutes of new every three months. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a content grinder, isn't yeah. it? It's an idea grinder. Um... But also just, it's an office job. Yeah. No one tells you that radio no. is an office job. Nah. And you have to play the office politics. It's an you... office job masquerading as show business, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It took me years to find a way to navigate that. But in fairness, the longer you hang around, the less time you have to hang around. Yeah. You know? But you've got to chat to sales. You've got to talk to promotions. You've got to go got to, to staff meetings. To I mean, I found myself in a staff meeting in Brisbane one day and I thought, how the fuck did I end up here? How did I spend years this working is... until one o'clock in the morning feeling funny? This is not who I am. To be at a 10 a.m. meeting. <laughs> Hearing about... about social drinks. And, you know, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Social skirmish days. Oh, my God. With proper proper corporate animals around yeah, you. Yeah, people you know? in suits wandering around. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This... And they really get it. And we don't get it. I didn't get it for a long time. No. Because we're so used to being in control of every aspect of yeah. what we're doing. And suddenly you're not. And also you've got other people in the room who are trying to be funny as well. And you've got to make space for them. And Yeah, so like the, the comedians who succeed in radio are adaptable people. When I was doing gossip shit, like my producer said my interviews could be 30 to 45 seconds. 90 seconds if it was a big enough name. <laughs> I had a three and a half minute segment. And my interviews had to be one element of it. Like, I still had to do two other stories. Wow. So, it was, you know, I remember poor Charlotte Dawson one morning just ringing her and trying to get her to say something ridiculous. Yeah. She's like, who are you? Why are you calling me? And it's Adam from the Fox in Melbourne. Like, you know, just mumbling it so she would just say something stupid. I went, you're on air. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and she was hideous to me. And that was perfect. So, there, that went to air. <laughs> like, you know, I got... Sienna Miller to call me a douchebag and it was all about the sound bite it was about because what can you say in 30 seconds yeah no I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to be that annoying person that like I remember upsetting Jennifer Garner one day and it devastated me it was really early yeah in doing that job like and I adored her yeah like I loved Alias it was right around the time she was kind of hooking up with Ben Affleck and I was you know in my fun and friendly way, she was trying to get out of the interview and trying to stop it. Like, it was really... Really? Awkward. What happened? 
Oh, she'd recently been divorced. Oh, that's right. And so then there was questions about whether or not she'd hooked up with Ben Affleck. And I was like, and I was like, is it hard going to work every day when you're going through that kind of personal trauma, like going through a divorce? She's like, I don't want to talk about that. And I was interviewing her for that movie where she's 13 and suddenly she's 30. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this is really daggy movie. And she's expecting to do this fluff interview and I'm asking about a divorce and is she getting fingered by Ben Affleck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you also ended up on Media Watch, let's not forget. That was when I was at at, uh, Triple J. That's because they'd been accused of never looking into the ABC. Yeah, right. So they've gone... I'm sure someone on Triple J is doing something bad. <laughs> just, and it was so like... I was the one. <laughs> I didn't even get it. It was it was about like your story, your your showbiz story had been on, on a pop, pop bitch. bitch. Yeah. And it's like, well, where do you think we get all this shit? I know. Do you think we... I then went on to do that for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> do you think we know someone at George Clooney's wedding? Where do you no. think we get this shit from? Say on radio. And it was like, you know, all of my jokes that I'd written had been... There was a. I remember a, a few comedians were really thinking with me, like, "Oh, Adam's plagiarizing." It's like, oh wow. No, the jokes were new. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stories were not. Yeah. But the stories never are. Also, it's gossip. Like I wasn't reading it out. No, no, no. Like I was regurgitating. Like which is what I did. Like that was my attitude towards doing gossip. Was I'd read the story, and then I'd try and remember it on air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was like, you know, I wanted it to sound like someone gossiping to you at the the pub or at the hair salon. Like, there's that deliberate plagiarism where you know you've ripped something off. And then there's that, you know, when you're in a situation... A lot of people get accused of plagiarism when they're either on a telly show or on the radio. Yeah. And when you're talking on the fly, things come into your head and you say them. And it's not until like two days later you're like, oh, I think I saw someone say that at a gig. Yeah. Like, you don't know what you've ripped off and what you haven't. You've nah. just gone blah, blah. I think I had one of those, like, a yeah, in the last week, I've had one of those where I said something and later thought, oh, is that I think, mine? <laughs> I think, or yeah, even just the, the sort of the, the basic idea I realised yeah. I'd heard. It's a shit But how feeling. can you... But you can't control that. Like, you can't... There's, you know, I always think that about... I, the... I just don't watch a lot of comedy for the for that reason. No, me neither. For that for that reason, and also because I get jealous very easily and go, God, that person is so good. I will never be that good. And I don't like it. doesn't feel good to watch Yeah, them. no. See, I I just go, oh, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't live that life. I couldn't be that person. Yeah. Like, I loved... Um, when I was writing my TV show, I was... I stopped watching 30 Rock because I was loving it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then I was so tempted to become Liz Lemon. Yeah, yeah. Writing a show that I was in. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be Tina Fey. I don't want someone to go, oh, you've stolen that from Tina Fey. It's like, I'll just stop watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. But those, those, some of those references become so ubiquitous. It's like, yeah. for five years, everyone talked like Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah. You know? And for still, five years, everyone talked like Eddie Izzard. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now and everyone's the, either Louis C.K. or... Yeah, yeah. For five years, everyone was Husey. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like every kid from the country <laughs> would come down and be Husey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not realizing that the brilliant, the genius of Husey, and like, and Tom Gleason has this also to an extent, where they have the patois of someone who's from the country and has like that laconic, you know, very slow Aussie delivery. 
but are brilliantly intelligent, yeah. have a really wide-ranging vocabulary. So, yeah, Husey's vocabulary coming out of Husey's mouth is is part of the hilarity. <laughs> yes, like it's it that is. juxtaposition of the drawl with the yeah. with these really complicated words. Yeah. Yeah, and he's also very insightful, Husey. I mean, yeah. there are times when I'm talking to Husey socially that he makes me feel uncomfortable by an insight, you know. Yeah. He's directed in, at me. I think, oh, God, you make stop me... Looking at me. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me with those little eyes. Oh, stop knowing what I'm thinking deep in my soul, Husey. And saying it back to me because you think it too. Stop. Yes, I know, I hate it's it. It's so awkward when he admits what we're both thinking. <laughs> So what's your dream now? I have lots of them. Okay. I still, you know, I kind of feel like, like I went to stay with Will in LA and I really liked, like, seeing him be ambitious again. Yeah. Like, because like, what, you know, everything he does here is successful. He doesn't have to try anymore. Yeah. But over there, it's like he's starting out again. And I'm enjoying... Like, seeing him do that made me hungry for that kind of starting again. But not at stand-up, I don't think. I wouldn't be surprised if Husey followed. Yeah. And obviously Rove went. There's something about um, achieving success that, that, that makes certain people want to start again. It's like the thrill of the chase is what it's about. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, you know, success is not in and of itself the aim that they're looking for yeah like they when you get to a position where everything you say is hilarious you're yeah. just going am I actually funny yeah or am I surrounded by people who think I'm funny yeah like so going like when I did my first gig like I remember my first gig I told nobody I was doing it I just went I don't want any of my friends there because they already think I'm funny I need to know if strangers think I'm funny and yeah, I think it's like that on a bigger scale. It's yeah. like, oh, I've got to go to another country because I want to see if I'm still funny or whether people just laugh at me because I'm here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Whereas I don't have that problem. I have whole gigs with no one else. <laughs> you do not. You have not for very long time. A lot of my bloody-mindedness is to do with my parents. From Like, when I was five years old, I said I wanted to be a writer. Like, I always wanted to be a writer. And they're like, yeah, but maybe you should get a real job. Yeah, I'm so the my same. whole life has been about proving it. I am not getting a real yeah, job. Yeah, me too. Isn't there something? I refuse. I mean, I don't know what it's like to have people say, "Yes, you can do anything," <laughs> but I do know the power of people telling you you can't. Yeah, because you say that to yourself yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah, I will. Like my parents have been dead for you know. My mum died before, like the week after my first gig. Wow. So she never saw me do stand up. So I, that that voice of you know, you don't. You're useless, and you don't know how to do it. That's me. Yeah. I say that to myself now. Yeah, that's not my mother. Yeah, she instilled that in me, but I can choose not to say that to myself. But then part of that is what keeps me going. Yeah, it's the you know, it's thinking I'm not good enough and having to prove it to myself and doing a gig and going, oh no, I can do this. I'm still good at this. <laughs> I think I've always, now that you mention it, I think I've always thought you had um, a superpower because of losing your mum like in a way that that was such a I always put it down to being gay like that's your superpower well that's where your strength comes from I used to I remember when I was working with Kim Hope a lot and she was always terrified of the audience hating her yeah like she was it was her greatest fear that she wouldn't be loved on stage 
Whereas I went into a gig assuming everyone hated me. People do hate you because they've been raised to hate gay people. Really? Like, like some audiences just want to hate you because you're gay, and it's up to me to make them not hate gay people. Wow. To make them love me and not, and thereby change their minds about it. So That's... my assumption always is that people hate me. So I start from a place of thinking that I'm hated on stage. And, you know, once you've assumed failure, then you can only succeed. Like, you can only go up from from that lower stage. What makes you not want to just um, hide from people who will hate you even without knowing you? Because I can't change who I am. Yeah. I can't not be gay. Yeah. I can't, you know. But you can... You think about that when you're a teenager. Yeah. You know, you go through that. You're like, how do I get out of this? How do I... How do I stop these feelings? Because clearly people hate it. I mean, it's different now. It's much more acceptable. But, yeah, when I was a kid, it was, you know, it was like AIDS kind of became a big thing in 83 when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And, you know, coming to terms with my sexuality. And it was, you know, it was it was brought down by God to punish people for their bad behaviour. It was, yeah. you know... Yeah, it was like, you know, it's like we were living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So it was, you know, I grew up knowing that the way that I felt was unacceptable to society. So whenever I stood on stage, I just assumed I was hated. And it was, which which is actually really a powerful place to be, in to start from the bottom. To feel like, okay, I... As soon as I mentioned it, because you know, I used, you know how I used to do stand up, and I'd not mentioned it for about the first three or four minutes, yeah. and then I'll oh, buy the one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, by then it was too late. Like everyone would be like, "Oh, I've already laughed. Now. <laughs> you better keep laughing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you think you're an activist in that way? Um, I. It was always the intent, but I hate activism for activism's sake and mm-hmm. I hate you know it's you know it's like being ladylike if you have to tell people you're ladylike you pretty much are <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay you either do it or you are yeah. it or you watch it yeah <laughs> you read about it <laughs> on a blog <laughs> my mum <laughs> she couldn't sing she couldn't dance um but she did it anyway, uh, and she was a, she had borrowed for some reason one of my sister's singlets, which was really long. <laughs> my sister was like fifteen at the time or something, or fourteen, and like it went down to her knees, and she decided she looked just like Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so she made me go and get a tape recorder and play her Tina Turner tape, simply the best, and she's dancing around the lounge room, and I was in hysterics, but. I wasn't enough of an audience, so she had to bundle me into the car and drive over to her friend's house. <laughs> and I had to stand at the front door and press play on the tape. Oh <laughs> and she'd and knock on the door, so when the door answered, she could stride up the driveway. <laughs> doing simply the best. <laughs> dancing backwards, like high heels in a singlet. <laughs> and like through the house and dance for everyone. Wow. And yeah. So I, I learned the need for an audience from someone. <laughs> and how wonderful it is to be silly for other people's oh, yeah. enjoyment. But also to go, 
this was good. I'm going to make it even funnier when I do it in front yeah, of other people. Let's <laughs> <laughs> improve it for the, for the stage. This has been a fun anecdote, but now I'm going to do it bigger. And the next thing you're dancing is a stand-up. Yeah. Do the fat guy dance. So, yeah, she was hilarious. And she laughed at her, like, you know I have this nervous laugh where I laugh at everything that I say. Yeah. So it sounds like I'm constantly... Which makes me good in radio because I just laugh at everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she had that. And it used to drive me crazy. And now I realise as an adult, it's like, oh, because I do it. I hated it because I do it. And I hate it when I do it. Yeah. I listen to myself back and I'm like, no, oh, there I am laughing at myself again. <laughs> but you're right, on radio it's great. You've got to fill the oh, time, yeah. make it sound like you're having fun, you know. <laughs> and you're great perfect. at gigs. You and Will have always been the best to have at gigs. Oh, you yeah. both laughs a lot and loudly. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, most comforting. Will you in the audience. Yeah, it's great. So I love comedy. Yeah. I just hate comedians. <laughs> You'll find more info about all of our guests at michellelaurie.com as well as a place to leave questions and feedback. There's also a link there to the website of Tenzin Choyil. He is the man behind the beautiful Tibetan music you've heard throughout the podcast. Thank you to Tim Mountford and Peter Laurie for editing help, but please know that the clunkiest edits are all mine. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Nitty Gritty Committee, conversations about the guts and the glory of life. Please subscribe to get them all on iTunes and go ahead and leave us a nice review if you feel so inclined. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 